stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Yes, that's right. You heard correctly. It is Weekend Live here on News Radio KFBK. Some of you may be thinking, wait a second. This does not sound like Sam Shane. Well, regrettably, you're right. This is Bob Giovatti. That's G I O. V-A-T-I, sitting in for Sam. Sam is taking a well-deserved day off, or evening off, and I, Bob, am your host. It is about approaching seven minutes past the top of the hour, and man, it is hot out there, about 95 degrees. Thanks to everyone who is joining in. Anywhere you can hear the sound of my voice, we have a very powerful signal here, broadcasting from downtown Sacramento throughout all of Northern and Central California. Welcome to the show, you are going to get an opportunity to call in and voice your opinions on the subjects of the day. Well, what are those subjects? I have not told you yet, but I will in just a few minutes. I don't give out the phone numbers until I've actually told you what we're going to talk about, because how can you know if you want to call in if you don't know what the subject is? This broadcast, as you can probably tell from the title, Weekend Live, covers a number of the issues and concerns and newsworthy stories that took place during the last week. And so we kind of have an advantage here to catch up on the events of the last seven days. In most of my radio experience, I've done afternoon drive broadcast, and typically you find out what's going on that particular day, and then you talk about those hot topics. But in this case, we get to discuss the things that have transpired during the week. And boy, what a week it was. Where do you start? with all of these subjects. First of all, of course, uh, President Trump's meeting with Vladimir Putin in Helsinki, Finland, and people just going straight up bananas over that. It's the end of the world. How could Trump do it? How could he not do it? What did he say? What did he not say? And we might talk about that, maybe, but I've got to tell you, I'm sort of suffering from a Trump news burnout, Trump news overdose myself. I mean, it's just nonstop, it seems. So I'm not sure we're going to delve too deeply into that this evening here on News Radio KFBK 931 on your FM dial, AM 1530 on your AM dial. But one of the stories that caught my attention here, and I was thinking about this, I thought, what a great topic for a Saturday night show. Saturday night is date night USA, as many people would say. Lots of folks may be listening in your car right now, heading off to a bar, a tavern, a dinner where they might serve hard alcohol or not so hard alcohol, but adult beverages. I don't know if you saw this particular story, but this iteration of it comes to us from CBS News by Steven Reinberg and Health Day. Did you see this? More Americans are drinking themselves to death, studies suggest. This is from July 19th. Get a load of this. The Great Recession continues to take a grim toll since 2009. A growing number of Americans have died from liver disease and liver cancer. Hmm. The increase among 25 to 34-year-olds is especially troubling because the deaths are due to cirrhosis, a disease caused by excessive drinking, the authors of a new study said. The researchers suspect the economic downturn in 2008 prompted people to comfort themselves with alcohol. These are deaths of despair of the lead researcher, Dr. Elliot Tapper, an assistant professor of gastroenterology at the University of Michigan. That is what he said. So 
here is my question, and I'm going to backfill my thoughts on this because I have some strong opinions. No, I am not an, a sociologist, not a psychologist, but I am a citizen of planet Earth, and I know what I have seen in my own life. Here is my question. Why do you think people are drinking themselves to death? Why do you think more people are drinking themselves to death? Very simple. I'm going to give you my opinions, but I'd like to hear yours. It's a monologue with me. It's a dialogue with you. 916-921-1530 or toll-free 1-800-834-1530 on 93.1 FM, AM, 1530 AM, News Radio, KFBK. Why do you think this is happening? I have a theory or two or three on this. The first one is, well, even though each of these stories of somebody tragically dying from excessive indulgence in adult beverages, even though they're all one-offs, everybody's got their own reason, everybody's got their own situation and circumstances they're dealing with, personal issues in their lives and that kind of thing. When you look at it from a larger perspective, I really have to wonder if this constant bombardment of bad news that we are all exposed to, it seems like morning, noon, and night, is not causing people to want to anesthetize their own emotional pain to eliminate bad feelings or try to stimulate good feelings by drinking too much. What do you think? 916-921-1530, toll-free 800-834-1530. I don't believe that we as human beings are capable of absorbing this constant, incessant stream of bad news. I'm old enough to remember back in the day when there was basically three broadcast three broadcast television stations, a handful, if you will, of local television stations and newspapers and radio. And so for a story to make it to the news, to make it on the six o'clock news or the front page of the paper, it had to be pretty significant. Well, if you fast forward to 2018, it just kind of seems like every single bad piece of news, no matter how big or small, we somehow be become aware of either through a text, an email, something on our, our smartphone, what have you, cable talk shows, you name it. I don't think we can really bounce back from all that. I mean, if you, if you look at it in totality, it's just overwhelming nonstop every day, 24 seven, this bad thing happened. This bad thing's about to happen. I wonder if some of this isn't causing certain individuals to say, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to go get drunk. That may sound overly simplistic, and obviously there's no way that we're going to be able to peel all the layers off of this onion in a two-hour radio program. But I'm just wondering if people aren't using alcohol to escape from what seems to be a very nasty, very unfriendly, very callous and insecure world. I, I think that is very possibly part of it. 916-921-1530 locally here in Sacramento. 1-800-834-1530 toll free. Why do you think this increase in people drinking excessively is occurring? I've offered you my first initial perspective on what I think could be a part of it. I have a second perspective. And I'll offer that very briefly too. And then we'll get to the phones. I would add here 
for your edification and hopeful listening pleasure. And information as well, I I would certainly think so. I would add that most of us don't have the support systems we used to have back in the day. Years gone by, most family members lived in pretty close proximity to one another for most of their lives. And now it seems like, especially post-World War II, we're spread out all over the United States. And when crises-type situations develop in each of our lives, we may not have the infrastructure and the support network we used to have in order to deal with that. That's, that's my other perspective here. I'm really concerned about this, and I think a Saturday night, a warm Saturday night when many people are probably indulging in alcoholic beverages is a good time to talk about it. Let's hear from John in Citrusites. John, you're on Weekend Live with Bob Giovanni sitting in for Sam Shame. What do you have to say about the topic today? Uh, yeah, I'd like to just um, uh, reiterate that the fact that you were saying that, um, uh, well, what I'm saying is the social media it seems to um, indulge you with uh, people's opinions. And I think that the release is to reach out to something and to go and drink, you know, I mean, to excess and not to think because it gets so overwhelming. Um, I, I'm, I'm going through a program right now and, um, and uh, getting over this, but uh, like I was telling your producer that my TV broke down, I've been listening to a lot of radio and it does inundate you uh, quite a bit of, um, if you don't have the filters on, it, it becomes quite depressing. Yeah, I would agree with you on that, John. From my perspective, and I watch a lot of this because I do fill in gigs like this on talk radio, and I've also worked in the political realm for a number of years. And even I, I consider myself a pretty savvy consumer of media. I get burned out and discouraged by it a lot of the time, too. And it seems like it's become even more acute since President Trump was elected president. It, it seems as if the bad news is even more intense. The drumbeat of negative stories and negativism in general, it, it just can seem overwhelming at times, can't it? it? It seems saturating. I mean, it's to the point where you need a release of either. I've got friends of mine that work out, ride bikes, uh, exercise, do whatever. Um, if you don't have a release, you pretty much will come home and uh, reach for the bottle and uh, try to numb your mind to escape away from the the rest of uh, what's going on. Hey, John, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I would have a tendency to agree with that, I think, for a lot of people. It's different for everyone here on News Radio KFBK 93.1 FM, AM 1530 on your AM dial. I do believe everybody has a unique set of circumstances and unique situations, but why do most people drink? If you look past the fact that it is a disease, and of of course it is, people typically start drinking to either not feel bad feelings or to start feeling good feelings. And that can get out of control, I think, in a world that seems out of control. And I believe that is, to a large extent, what may be happening here. You're welcome to weigh in, 1-800-834-1530 or 916-921-1530. This is Bob Giovanni sitting in for Sam Shane on News Radio KFBK. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. Hey, it's Weekend Live. Bob Giovanni sitting in for the heralded Sam Shane at about 23 minutes past the top of the hour. 
discussing the topics of the week with you, the good listeners, to 93.1 FM, AM 1530 AM, News Radio, KFBK. Thanks for being a part of the show. If you're on the road, please be safe. In the first segment, we were talking about an article that came from CBS News via Steve Reinberg at Health Day entitled, More Americans Are Drinking Themselves to Death. And I was offering my opinions as to why I thought that might be, freely admitting that I'm no health professional, mental or otherwise, but I have my own perspectives as to what I think may be going on here. And I'm certainly interested in hearing yours if you want to weigh in. Toll-free 1-800-834-1530. Let's go over and chat with Jeannie in Citrus Heights. Jeannie, what do you think about this? Uh, Yes, um, I do believe that people go to feel good. And um, unfortunately, unfortunately they're throwing up after they get out of that bar. I've been going there for for, for, uh, years and... and, um, and they they uh, they want to fe- they want to feel good, you know. And some don't want to feel anything. So you've kind of got both going on. Do you and, do you see a lot of this? I, is it my understanding from what I'm reading here that you sing at a local bar? Don't tell us the name of the bar, but do you, from your experience there, do you observe people overindulging on a regular basis? Yes, I do. Is it really extreme in some cases? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize that there's a, a, a lot of um, a lot of things put in those drinks that you know, and it's today's alcohol is not the same as yesterday's alcohol. There's a lot; it's more like poison to people's body. Do you think? Here's kind of a difficult question, but I'm I'm going to pose it anyway. From from your vantage point, does it seem to you that some people may come into certain establishments uh, with the express intent? of just getting completely bombed or do you think it just kind of gets away from them where they have one too many? What's your, what's your take admittedly anecdotal, but what's your take on that Jeannie? I would say that it's both. I've seen both Yeah, where people do, do come in, be bombed and other people just come in to have a good time and they, and they think they can handle it and their system can't. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Thanks for the call, Jeannie. I do believe many people, have gone out for just a seemingly innocent night or what have you, and maybe had one too many. But this particular tale that we're discussing here on News Radio KFBK this evening, Weekend Live, Bob Giovanni sitting in for Sam Shane. This is really discouraging and disappointing to me to see the title of this story, More Americans Are Drinking Themselves to Death, Study Suggests. And as I speculated in the earlier part of the broadcast, I think some of this has to do with the nonstop incessant stream beating of the drum of bad news, bad news, bad news that we're exposed to every day. We're being told constantly, either directly or indirectly, that the world is coming apart at the seams. Climate change, pollution, you could name any one of all sorts of different things that people are just very concerned about, worried about. And I believe that some folks are escaping to alcohol as well as drugs and various other activities in order to try and anesthetize that emotional pain. And we also talked about not having enough of a support system around. Uh, Many people don't anyway when things go wrong and maybe turning to the bottle instead of a good friend because the bottle is easier. It's more accessible. And, you know, it's not difficult to find an alcoholic beverage to overindulge in if you really want to. The last thing, and I don't want to beat this topic to death tonight, but the last thing I kind of wanted to mention here is I wonder what role the 
diminishing of traditional religion has played in all of this. Now, you might be saying, come on, Giovanni, you're really getting out into the cornfield. Well, wait a minute. Hear me out. Back in the day, people had some kind of backstop, if you will, typically anyway, in the form of traditional religious belief, whether you agreed with it or not, that there was a transcendent purpose to life and there was meaning to life. And perhaps most importantly, you could find meaning in suffering. And whether this had to do with the belief in an afterlife or the belief that your consciousness survived bodily death, whatever, people had this sort of emotional firewall they could go to in the form of religious belief that could rally them through difficult times. But in 2018, religious belief seems to be falling progressively by the wayside, and people don't have that support system. Many don't have any type of a faith tradition to fall back on during a crisis or during a difficult personal journey. And I wonder if that isn't contributing to this to some degree. Yes, it's difficult for me to say. I, again, I'm, I'm not quoting a specific study in a psychological publication or something of that nature. I'm just speaking from Bob, from my personal experience. Most of the people that I know from just my personal background who really got too far, way too far into alcohol did it because, as I said, they were trying to initiate good feelings or escape bad feelings, leaving the whole issue of alcoholism being a disease out of it. How did it get started? It got started because they wanted to feel good or they wanted to stop feeling bad. And I do think there's a lot of folks who want to stop feeling bad in this day and age. There's just many challenges that we're facing in the modern world, and some individuals can deal with it far better than others. But if you want to weigh in on this, you're going to have to do it very quickly because we're running out of time. Let's check in and talk to, I think it's Pedre, but correct me if I'm wrong. If I mispronounced your name, forgive me. How are you tonight? Well, I'm doing fine. My name is Pedre, P-E-D-R-E. I am Portuguese. Okay. And the Spanish is spelled P-E-D-R-O. Our two cultures are very similar. The only two in the world, by the way. Okay, we've got about 30 seconds, so go you, for it. I want to let you know that, um, you know, being from a culture of people who drink wine and all that, you know, that's fine, you know. But for me, it never has, because I've never touched alcohol in my entire life, and I'm 74 years of age, and I've never had a headache. It doesn't mean anything, though, believe me. <laughs> but I can see where the people that go to the bars and might want to have a good time, and then they get a little more than they should, and things come up, come up, come up. I don't judge anybody. I never will. It's not my right to judge anybody. Thanks, Pedro. I'm going to have to let you go there because we're running out of time. I apologize. I apologize for cutting you off. I'm sure you had something pithy and brilliant to say, and I didn't mean to do that, but we're running up against a hard break here in a few minutes. Folks, you're listening to Weekend Live, Sam Shane's show, but Bob Giovanni sitting in on News Radio KFBK 93.1 FM, AM 1530 AM. We'll be back very shortly. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio KFBK. Yes, indeed. Bob Giovanni sitting in for Sam Shane this evening. It's about 24 minutes before the top of the hour here on 93.1 FM, AM 1530 News Radio, KFBK. Thank you for being a part of this evening's broadcast, wherever you may be in Northern and Central California. And I know our signal goes a long, long way. Thanks for tuning in. Sam is off this evening. We expect him back next week. But I, Bob, am sitting in, offering my opinions on the issues of the day and giving you an opportunity to weigh in on those same subjects as well here. 
And, you know, we were talking in the first segment of the broadcast about people drinking themselves to death and how interesting I thought that story was and quite disappointing to see that overindulging in alcohol was kind of out of control in this country or certainly seemed to be getting that way. I thought as we go through the second half, the bottom half of this hour on Weekend Live, I wanted to stay with a health-related theme here for the rest of this little segment because I thought, hey, why not? We're on a roll. (laughs) Let's do it. This other story, and as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, it's really difficult as a host to decide what you want to talk about on any given day. Now, sometimes... Some story will just jump out at you, and it's the only thing anybody's talking about. You know, if Jesus appears down on 5th and Main, it's probably going to be the topic of most talk radio shows for that particular day. The challenge is when you've got a whole bunch of stories, and most of them interest you at different levels, and you're like, what do I think not only would be intriguing to me, but to the listening audience? And so I wanted to stay with a health theme on this here on 93.1 FM, AM 1530, News Radio KFBK. Did you see this? Did you see this story? This blew my mind. Doctors give patients 11 seconds to explain reason for visit before interrupting. This is from Study Finds. It was uh, from Gainesville, Florida. Ever feel like your doctor is in a rush to get you out the door when you come for a visit, when you come in for a visit? You're not just imagining things. A new study finds physicians give a patient an average of just 11 seconds to describe their issue before cutting them off. Researchers from the University of Florida determined that for all the waiting we do after we arrive at a medical practitioner's office, it is the doctors who seem to have the least amount of patients. The study showed that just a third of physicians give patients adequate time to explain why they're there. A new study finds physicians give a patient an average of just 11 seconds. Yikes! That is crazy. I have got to tell you, I, I guess I would want to know from you, the listening audience, has this ever happened to you? Because I can tell you, I've, I've had experiences on both sides of the aisle. 1-800-834-1530-916-921-1530. Please do not mention the name, specific name of any doctor or medical center. We want to keep this as generic as possible. We want to have spirited conversation, but clean and polite conversation. I've got to tell you, this has happened to me. I did have the most wonderful nurse practitioner I used to go see, and unfortunately, she retired. And she did know that I was like the biggest coward on planet Earth. I mean, I am just, I don't like doctors at all. And she would spend so much time with me trying to talk me down off the ledge. I'm exactly the opposite of my wife who, you know, she can go in there and they're like, oh, we need to cut your head off and sew it back on. Ah, no problem. Let's do it. She is afraid of nothing. But I, it's like, I don't even like having my blood pressure taken. And so if you're somebody who's like me, and and a lot of guys are, where you just don't like the doctor's office, having somebody who will sit there and listen to you and make you feel a little more calm, a little more confident, a little less unnerved is really a benefit. 916-921-1530. So if you've got a doctor who or a health practitioner that really spends some time with you, I'd be interested in hearing about it. On the other side of the coin, I really don't like it when in certain cases and circumstances, I have to go see someone who is not my regular practitioner because that person doesn't know that I'm a total coward. That person doesn't know 
that my wife has basically dragged me kicking and screaming into the doctor's office. And so they think I'm a normal person when in reality I am nothing but, and they don't realize how much I don't want to be there. And so when that's the case, when I have somebody that I'm seeing for the first time, I really would like an opportunity to explain to them what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. It's really weird, Dr. So-and-so. I've got this symptom. I've got that symptom. And I've actually sat in doctor's offices where I could see the look on their face. It's like they had, they had one in the chamber, so to speak, and they could not wait for me to shut the heck up before they started talking. And I'm thinking to myself, you've never laid eyes on me before. You don't have my medical records. You've never seen me. You've never talked to me. How about giving me a chance to tell you what I think is bothering me and what my symptoms are before you assume you already know what's going on? So as I said a moment ago, I've kind of seen it from both angles. I, I had this great nurse practitioner. I'm so sorry she retired. I'm wishing her the best wherever she is, who would sit there and talk to me for 45 minutes because she knew what a whack job I was. And then I've gone into these other circumstances where you have to see, as I said earlier, maybe a practitioner who's not familiar with you. And for a guy like me, those are the situations where I'm the most uncomfortable and where I the most need somebody to be aware of that discomfort and treat me like the child in a man's body that I am. <laughs> Let's go to Don in Grass Valley. Don, you're on Weekend Live with Bob Giovanni sitting in for Sam. What do you think? Hey, Bob. Uh, well, I've, I've practiced in medicine as a nurse and paramedic for over 20 years. Oh, congratulations. You, Thank if, you. If you're, if you're somebody like you are where you're, you know, you're really apprehensive about going to a medical professional, you need to see a nurse practitioner, not a doctor. Why? Uh, nurses on the whole, not always, but on the whole, are more empathic than doctors. They're going to put themselves more in your place and treat everything wholly. You know, they'll sit there and talk to you and calm your fears and everything, whereas some doctors, especially I've noticed, like surgeons, they're, they just want to be quick, to the point, get you in, get you out, move. That's it. You know, I have to and, tell you, Don, not, not wanting to interrupt because I do want to hear the rest of what you have to say, I did feel very blessed, as I articulated earlier in this very broadcast of Weekend Live. I did feel very blessed to have the nurse practitioner I had. She was a little bit older, and she seemed to have a tremendous amount of wisdom and, as you said, empathy. And for a guy like me, and I don't think I'm the only one, I, do you do you agree that, that many men are reluctant to go see doctors, and in some cases they may wait way too long before they do because they are uncomfortable? In some ways, I think it might be because they're uncomfortable. In other ways, I mean, men are just, we're fixated on fixing our own problems and everybody else's as well. We That's have, interesting. Uh, and, and I can tell you, this, this has happened to me. I, I mean, I'm uh, towards the end now of, I'm going through, uh, was diagnosed with colon cancer and metastasized to my liver. Oh, God bless you, sir. And, you know, uh, they gave me that diagnosis, and I'm like, no, uh-uh, I can fix this. Don't you know, I'm, I'm a nurse, I'm a paramedic, I can fix anything. You know, really? That was your I, reaction? Pretty much. Well, you also, it's a long story, but I went in expecting one thing. I thought it was gas pain, and then found out, well, probably it's a, a appendicitis. Well, nope, uh, your colon is burst. We're going to have to do surgery, pull in colonoscopy, do some other things. You're going to have to go to get I'm like, no. Wow. You know, on top of that, they've given me the pain drugs and everything else, and 
you know, you're just not in a position to make a rational decision at that point. I would, I would definitely say no. I thank you for the call. And Don, we wish you the absolute best. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And, and I'll add this, this kind of in a strange sort of way dovetails in with the topic in the first segment about people drinking a lot. And I speculated that some of that may be due to the fact that folks are, are dealing with all sorts of issues. And in some cases, people are, are contending with serious life-threatening personal challenges in their own life that we're not even aware of. And so I think that's a, a good reason to give people a break and to be empathetic and to err on the side of caution and kindness. And if you have a chance to say something snarky, and you also have the same chance to say something nice, say something nice. I mean, you don't know what people are contending with, and some folks are are dealing with literal life and death situations and circumstances. So that was a, a sobering phone call, and I thank you for your honesty and your candor there. But yes, I was looking at this story. Doctors give patients 11 seconds to explain reason for visit before interrupting. You can talk about this if you'd like. Weigh in with your perspectives, 1-800-834-1530, 916-921-1530. I don't think that's a good thing. I, I realize that as we get more and more people enrolled in health plans, and we're going to be doing more of that, I hope, because I'd like to personally see everybody have access to affordable and adequate health care, it's going to be a progressively greater load on the medical establishment. And that's going to be difficult for us to keep up with. And so there's going to be a tendency, I think, for people to want to cut doctors and medical practitioner visits short. You're listening to Bob Giovanni sitting in for Sam Shane on News Radio 93.1 FM, AM 1530, News Radio, KFPK. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFPK Weekend Live. News Radio, KFBK. Hey, you are tuned in to Weekend Live on News Radio KFBK. Bob Giovanni with the honor of sitting in for Mr. Sam Shane this evening at about eight minutes, nine minutes before the top of the hour. Thank you for being a part of the broadcast this evening, wherever you may be. We are going to talk some politics in the next hour. So if you really want your political fix, well, we're going to give it to you. But in this first segment of Weekend Live with Sam Shane, Bob sitting in, We've been talking a bit about health and health-related issues and all sorts of fun stuff like that. And we began the broadcast talking about folks overindulging in adult beverages. Then we started talking about how a study had been released saying doctors take an average of 11 seconds <laughs> to talk to you about what your health issues are before they start talking. And we discussed some of the pros and cons of that. And I thought, why not? Why not? I said to myself, I said, self, why not finish off the rest of the first hour with some more health-related news? Because as I mentioned at the outset of this very broadcast here on News Radio KFBK, this is a show that kind of reflects back on the significant newsworthy topics of the prior week. And certainly at the top of that list was probably, as I also mentioned earlier, Trump's visit to Helsinki, Finland, and his summit with Vladimir Putin. And we'll be talking about that a bit in the next hour for those of you who want to get in on some political chat. But this week, this has been an interesting week, lots of things going on, and it's always difficult to know what to talk about. But I wanted to start with this kind of health theme because I thought it was something that maybe was worth discussing in, in the broader sense of what's happening in society. It seems like there's so much anger, so much frustration, so much political frustration in particular 
one side can't stand the other. Uh, lots of conversations that in the past used to be very congenial and rational and reasonable now becoming angry and vitriolic. And it just seems like it's having an effect on society in general, that society is sort of fraying, if you will. Society is sort of feeling like it's coming a bit unraveled, that it's coming a bit unhinged. And it seems to be reaching in, in my opinion anyway, and this whole broadcast is my opinion, unless you call in and voice yours, 1-800-834-1530 is the toll-free line. In my opinion, the stress of modern living is reaching into all sorts of nooks and crannies of our lives. A story from The Guardian in the UK, I came across Monday the 16th of July, a bad marriage can seriously damage your health, say scientists. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, duh, Giovanni, of course it can. Tell us something we don't know. Well, listen to this. A bad marriage with frequent conflicts could have a serious detrimental impact on your health, according to psychologists. Moving down a few paragraphs, the researchers found that marital conflict negatively affected health for both husbands and wives, although there was a greater impact of conflict on men than women. Couples who agreed with each other more experienced health benefits early on in their relationships, but this protective effect wore off in the later years of marriage. Now you're asking yourself, Bob, what does this have to do with everything you've talked about? Well, simply the following. I believe that all of this is connected. I believe that stress is stress is stress. We started talking about stresses that drove people to overindulge in alcoholic beverages. And then we started talking about the experiences we have when we go to see a medical practitioner. And now we've got a study that has come out that shows that a bad marriage can seriously damage your health. And if marriages of people in marital relationships are being impacted by all the bad news that we discussed earlier and not having enough of a support structure around them and feeling like they're overwhelmed with climate change and concerns about the presidency and what's going to happen in the UK and everything on the large scale level and then down to their own personal lives, paying off a student loan, can't find a job, problem in their own relationship, no daycare for the kids, on and on it goes. All these things have a negative aggregate effect and they can affect marriages as well. And most people will tell you who have been married for a long time, as I have, that the vast majority of the time when you start fighting about something, you're almost never fighting about what you're fighting about. You're fighting about something else that has bubbled to the surface in the form of what appears to be the subject at hand, but it really isn't the subject at hand. It's something that happened weeks, days, months, whatever, long time ago. And so I'm not at all surprised that a bad marriage can seriously damage your health. And I'm not at all surprised that all the stress of modern living can seriously damage a marriage. It all kind of goes hand in hand. And so we'll conclude the health segment of this first hour of Weekend Live with that witty and absorbing and thought-provoking and intriguing and arresting commentary from yours truly, Bob Giovanni. Coming out of the top of the hour, we are going to talk a bit, for those of you who are political junkies, we are going to talk a bit about President Trump's uh, summit, if you will, if you want to call it that. Some would call it a train wreck, but I'm going to call it summit with Vladimir Putin earlier in the week and what happened and what the ramifications are from that or aren't from that. And so if you want to join in 
Get your phone dialing fingers ready, 916-921-1530, toll-free 800-834-1530. You're listening to Bob Giovanni. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. At about two, it looks like six minutes, seven minutes past the top of the hour, you are listening to Weekend Live. Sam Shane is out. Bob Giovatti is in today. That's G-I-O-V-A-T-I. Sam, wherever you are, thanks for letting me sit in on this hot Sacramento Early evening, it's about 95, 94 degrees out there. If you're on the road, please stay safe. Wherever you're tuning in, thanks for being a part of the show. As I've said before, it's a monologue with me, but a dialogue with you. So if you want to weigh in on the issues of the day, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. If you're just tuning in, I'll say it again, Weekend Live is a broadcast where we sort of catch up on some of the more significant news stories that transpired Earlier in the week, and it's always a challenge, as I also mentioned, to try and decide what those news stories are going to be, because lots goes on in any given week, needless to say. But here on News Radio KFBK, we want to, of course, give you an opportunity to weigh in. You'll hear my opinions, and I, of course, would like to hear yours. I said before we went to the top of the hour break that we were going to talk a little bit and give you an opportunity to voice your perspectives as well on Trump's meeting with Putin. Now, I know some of you, right at that moment, probably your eyes rolled back in your head and you thought, oh, no, not more of Donald Trump. I can relate to that to some extent. I am pretty darn well burnt out on the constant coverage of the president myself. Obviously, we live in this country, and what the president does is extremely significant. That's an understatement. So we can't ignore the presidency or ignore Mr. Trump. But I have to admit, I do feel at many times completely brain fried talking about Trump. But, 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 but I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk at least a little bit about Trump's visit with Putin in Helsinki, Finland. And I'm going to tee this up for you and then offer some perspectives to kind of backfill my view on it. Here's the question to you, the good listeners on 93.1 FM, AM 1530, News Radio KFBK. And I want to hear if there's some liberals out there, and I know there are. I know there are. I know there are Trump lovers and Trump haters out there. Let's keep it respectful and keep it clean. But I want to hear from everybody. Here's the question. Do you think that Trump's visit with Putin was a disaster? Yes or no? Do you think it was ill-advised? Yes or no? 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Again, 1-800-834-1530. Are you totally flabbergasted and bummed out by how President Trump's meeting with Vladimir Putin went? And the reason why I ask this question is I think it's sort of the, the elephant in the room this week. And again, I had some trepidation about talking about it because whenever you bring up President Trump, people just kind of go back, you know what, crazy because they either love him or hate him, and there's not much feeling in between. I just didn't see the meeting with Putin. This is me personally, and perhaps I'm naive. I just didn't see the meeting with Putin as being this absolute train wreck that everybody else seemed to think it was. I thought it was mostly pomp and circumstance and probably a good thing, at least in the general sense, that the two leaders of two of the strongest countries in the world got together. I just... 
I didn't see all these deep, incredible ramifications. And oh my gosh, he didn't confront Putin on Russian meddling in the election. And oh no, he didn't say this and he didn't hold Putin's feet to the fire. I just personally, and it's just my perspective, it just wasn't that big of a deal to me. I considered it an opening salvo, an initial conversation between two leaders of two very powerful countries. And I want to know what you think. 916-921-1530. Did you see the meeting with Putin as being this giant negative that so many people seem to think it was? Or do you kind of see it the way that I saw it? And just, hey, you know, it's just a meeting with a couple of leaders. And what's the big deal? There wasn't any earth-shaking outcome that I expected out of it from the beginning. But I do think it's extremely significant that they got together to chat and There's even talk now about Vladimir Putin coming to visit the United States and coming to the White House. And so I felt like, well, you know, we can review. We ought to at least bring it up and give you a chance to throw in your two cents if you wanted to. 916-921-1530. If if it even meant anything to you at all. I think that's the other question or the other issue that's worth talking about. It seems to be this hugely significant watershed event in the minds of the talking heads and on cable TV and everything. But from the folks I've talked to rank and file citizens of the good old U S of a people just don't really seem to care as much as the, you know, the finger wagging, the head scratching people on cable news that are just talking about this nonstop. And just again, prophecies of doom and, and Trump just sold us out and Trump even saying that, you know, it was treasonous and then some, For me, anyway, I just didn't get that takeaway from it. Trump is a unique guy, needless to say. He's not a career politician. Sometimes that works for him. Sometimes that works against him. And I'm not a shill for Trump here. I am not a big Trump fan. Those of the folks who who know me well know that. I am not a Trump apologist. So this isn't an effort to make an excuse for Trump. I'm just wondering if you good listeners to news radio KFBK. If you see it the same way as I do, or do you view it the way many of the pundits on the cable channels that it was like the worst thing to ever happen since Krakatoa blue. Let's hear from Jerry in Sacramento. Jerry, you're on weekend live with Bob Giovanni. What do you think? Hey, I think it was great. I, I think it was wonderful that he stuck out his hand in friendship to the guy. And, uh, yeah, we. Why does he have to try and t- bully him around or something? We, they know how bad we are. We know how bad they are. Let's be friends. Let's work around it. You know, and uh, there's got to be things that we can agree on to make the world better, instead of just threatening each other. Well, you know, I would agree with you, Jerry. I think it all starts with a conversation, and certainly Putin's reputation precedes him, and we all know from from years gone by that. We've done stuff to the Russians, the Russians have done stuff to us, and there's always going to be a healthy a healthy skepticism on each country's part towards the other. But And I think that's understandable. But I, I do think that if, if there's going to be any change, and a lot of folks who can't stand Donald Trump are the ones who are advocating for a kinder, gentler world, it would seem to me that a good place to begin to try and achieve that kinder, gentler world would be to actually sit down and talk with your adversaries. How do you see that? Uh, yeah, I think it's great. You know, just to open a line of communication and uh, and to be able to um, 
start out on a good line instead of just threatening each other with missiles. And, and I, I don't know. I just I, it blows me away when I hear all these people saying it was a disaster. Well, where was the proof for collusion? Where was all this other stuff that he was supposed to be threatening them about? Well, if you had evidence about it, then bring it up and we'll talk. Yeah, and I would add here, Jerry, just if I can insert this, what did you expect? Did did anybody honestly expect that if Trump had said to Putin, hey, we knew you guys did it, we know you did it, admit it, you did it, that Putin is going to go, yeah, you know what, Don, you got me, buddy, you're right, we did meddle. You know, I mean, come on, that was not going to be the outcome and even the most uh, happy scenario, do you think? Yeah, exactly. Hey, thanks for the call, Jerry, I appreciate it. It just, I would have to agree with the the last caller. I I don't know if I think it was great per se, but I think it's a start. I think it's a beginning. And we know enough about the Russians. We've dealt with them since World War II. We know how they're going to respond to things. We know that typically they're going to deny things, at least in my opinion they are. And so I think you go into a meeting like that, at that level, expecting pretty much exactly what you got. I don't know what would have been achieved by... Donald Trump getting in Putin's face and being very aggressive and domineering and basically threatening and combative with Putin. I don't know what that would have accomplished. And interestingly enough, when we come out on the next break that we're coming upon here in a few minutes, um, there was some comments that were made by our former president, Barack Obama, when he went down to South Africa to speak on the day of marking the 100th birthday of Nelson Mandela He made some comments about the state of the world that I thought were kind of interesting. And we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more coming out of the break. But I just personally feel it has to start somewhere. There was an article that appeared in the Week magazine that said, do Democrats, or let me put it another way, restate that, why do Democrats want another Cold War? And on the picture that was attached to this was by Michael Walther. It had a picture of the kids back in the late 50s, early 60s, doing their duck and cover drills in school because everybody was afraid of a nuclear war. And I'm old enough to remember doing that. And so there's a fair point to be made, and maybe we'll get a little deeper into this article, again, entitled, Why Do Democrats Want Another Cold War? And I'm not the one saying they do, but my point is simply this. You can't have it both ways. You can't say you want a kinder, gentler world where everybody understands each other and tries to get along, and then make no efforts to try and be one of the individuals who's endeavoring to get along. Does that mean that we act stupid? Does it mean that we trust people that we know are our proven enemies and take their word for things that we know aren't true? Does it mean that we're naive and foolish and we don't protect ourselves? Of course not. Of course not. But when you're in a certain situation and circumstance, such as a conversation, a summit, you want to go in and start from a position of some level of good faith, don't you? You want to begin the conversation without getting in each other's face and being nose-to-nose and finger-wagging and threatening. I mean, you don't want it to escalate to a point to where it was back during the Cold War, back in the late 50s and 60s, when people were so afraid of what might happen between us and Russia that they were building nuclear fallout shelters in their own yards. I mean, if you walk around Sacramento, you can still see signs in certain places that say nuclear fallout shelter. They're still up. They still haven't been removed, even though the Cold War supposedly ended. 
it wasn't that long ago that we were worried that Russia was going to try and blow us off the face of the earth at a moment's notice. It wasn't that long ago. And so I don't think it behooves us here on News Radio KFBK. I don't think it behooves us to want to return to that. You're listening to Weekday Live with Bob Giovanni. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio KFBK. I would say we're back, but we didn't actually go anywhere. I've I've been here the whole time. There's no real no real place to go. Bob Giovanni back with you on News Radio KFBK here, 93.1 FM AM fifteen thirty, discussing the issues of the week, the newsworthy issues, that is, with you, the good listeners to the broadcast. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are. We've had a number of different topics we've been chatting about this evening. And we started with discussing some things that were going on with folks overindulging in alcohol. Then we talked about other health-related issues. The first hour was kind of health-related, if you will. And then we decided, well, okay, I decided, I should say, there is no we here. It's just me and Luis behind the, the glass here. Thank you, sir. I decided I would talk a little bit about Donald Trump's visit or to or summit with Vladimir Putin in Helsinki, Finland, even though I did it with a small amount of regret because I am one of those people who is totally brain fried on Donald Trump, everything. I mean, even going to the gym, I go to the gym. There's like 12 different TVs that are on. Almost all of them are tuned to the cable news station, any of the cable news stations. And out of those at any given time, There's typically some story related to President Trump. And it's like, dang, you know, I'm at the gym, man. I just want to work out. I don't even like going to the gym. I go to the gym because it's good for my health, but I really don't like being there. And I'd rather watch something a bit more lighthearted if I have to see something at all than have these broadcasts that come on where you've basically got three or four people going, how stupid is Donald Trump? Guest A thinks he's really stupid. Guest B thinks he's stupendously stupid, and guest three thinks he's more stupid than the first two guests do. I mean, how much of that can you take before you just want to put your head through the sheetrock? And again, I am not a show for Donald Trump. I am not a Donald Trump apologist, not a particularly big fan of the guy, but I'm just burnt out on the constant, constant pounding on Donald Trump, and almost all of it is negative, negative, negative. I honestly think that if Donald Trump came out and said, I can promise everyone in America eternal life, somebody go, yeah, I mean, people would be upset by that. It just seems like there's nothing good to say about this guy, no matter what he does. And others would opine that, hey, he's earned it. And they may or may not be right, but but I really don't think so. And I offered in the earlier segment, my perspective, I'm persuaded that an attempt to meet with Putin was a good thing and that the results of that meeting were not the earth shaking negatives that many individuals want to believe. But again, it's your opinion that I want to hear. I've offered you mine 916-921-1530 here on news radio KFBK toll free 800-834-1530. Let's check in with Dave in Placerville. Dave, what say you buddy? Uh, Yeah. What people don't understand is we have a 250-year history with Russia. 
We've always been allies with Russia. It was the Soviet Empire that we had a problem with. Now, what do you think about the old Soviet Union? Is that what you're talking about when you say the Soviet Empire? That was an empire, wasn't it? Well, I wanted to make sure we were talking yeah. about after the time of the Tsar, so to speak. So, um, Yeah, the Soviet Empire. That, the, the Tsars were not part of the Soviet Empire. They got displaced by it. That is correct. Now, let me ask you this. So is it your perspective that since the fall of the old Soviet Union, that Russia has basically been our friend? Is that the your contention this evening? My contention is Russia, the country of Russia, has always been our friends. Okay, well, thanks Go for the call. To the Civil War, Russia, um, the American Revolution, the Russians protected us from outside involvement while we were fighting with the British. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate the call all the way from Placerville. Thanks for listening. I I hear where you're going, but I'm not sure I can quite get there with you. But I do thank you for that viewpoint. John in Yuba City, what's your take on this? Thank you. The first Red Scare, where they were afraid of communism, occurred in 1919 in the United States. The city of Seattle went out on a general strike. All their workers basically in Seattle went out for five days. And they accuse this of being a communist plot. You know, the red, the Reds did it. So I don't really feel that too much now. But with the military, maybe they're beginning to think Russia is our enemy. It could be kind of a dangerous situation. So you don't see, if I'm hearing you correctly, John, and please uh, correct me if I am wrong, you don't really see Russia as the threat to the United States that some might see. Is that what you're saying? Well, they have, like, hacking competitions, you know, two weeks long. They're quite into espionage and getting our secrets. But we have... going on since the A-bomb, you know, was uh, given away in in the 40s, not just by the Rosenbergs, but in Canada, too. They had different military officers giving secrets, and it was quite a effort by the Soviets to find out our secrets. Now they're into our elections... It, you know, it's, it's something that they can work on America psychologically and maybe uh, cause quite a bit of trouble in our country, I would think, even without firing one bullet. I see what you're saying, John. Thanks for calling. It's an interesting perspective, and I appreciate the historical background that you offer as far as the story about what happened in Seattle. And I know there were obviously some some rising uprisings, if you will, of communism during the Great Depression. And also, of course, we could talk about the Red Scare and the alleged infiltration of, of communism into the U.S. government during that time way back when. Hey, we'll come back to this topic. Go nowhere. You're listening to Bob Giovanni on News Radio KFBK. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis on News Radio KFBK. Weekend live here with Sam Shane. Sam is off tonight. Bob Giovanni is sitting in. It's about 24 minutes before the top of the hour. And we are getting closer and closer to the end. I know, heartbreaking for many of you. Try to pick up the pieces and get on with your life. I have enjoyed sitting in for Sam and hope to be back with you again sometime soon. If you want to weigh in on the topics we've been discussing, you can still do it, but the clock is ticking. So feel free if you want to weigh in, you can certainly do that. But as I said, you're not going to have unlimited time. 
916-921-1530 is the local line. Toll free, 1-800-834-1530, the toll free line. We've been talking in this segment, and again, I don't want to beat this to death because I have Trump overdose on the brain syndrome. We've been talking about President Trump's meeting with Vladimir Putin in Helsinki, Finland, and I was offering my conviction that the outcome was just not that that big of a deal, that it wasn't the end of Western civilization as we know it. We didn't kowtow to the Russians. Putin didn't eat Trump's lunch. Trump was just being Trump. And if you expected anything of earth-shattering significance to come out of that meeting, you were probably expecting too much. I thought it was somewhat transfixing to watch the two of them talk. I thought it was thought-provoking that they would even decide to have a conversation. And I also offered my insight that I think it's a good idea they talked. I think it has to start somewhere. I thought the meeting with the North Korean leader was good as well in terms of it all begins with a conversation. And this is coming from a guy who admits he is not a big Trump fan. But one of the last callers mentioned something I thought was interesting and worth expanding upon and offering my sentiments on, and that was communism in the United States. And we touched a little bit on various flare-ups of communism in the United States and how interesting we find that now socialism or the concept of democratic socialism seems to be gaining some ground here in the United States. So it comes and goes, and it seems to be coming on yet again. But again, from my viewpoint, it is my persuasion, my feeling, that the meeting with Putin was just that. It was a meeting. It was not a giant deal. Now, many people would say, Giovanni, you're crazy. You just don't get it. What type of a clueless boob are you even getting behind the microphone to host a discussion of this topic? But I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just don't see the reason to go straight up bananas over Trump's conversation with Vladimir Putin. I, I don't see any immediate detrimental impact on my life coming from that. But I want to know if you do. Do you think the meeting with Putin was a bad thing or a good thing? Why or why not? 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. Let's go to Anne in Sacramento. Anne, what do you have to say? Thank you, Bob. Yes, ma'am. I'm wondering when the subject of Russia comes up, why no one ever says that we are cooperating with them now at the International Space Station. We could not get there without their spacecraft. Interesting. That's a that's a great observation. Do you have a theory as to why nobody brings it up, Ann? Oh, they don't want to. They want to make uh, Trump look bad. <laughs> I do kind of feel, I will say this, and again, I'm not a big fan of Trump, but I will opine that it does seem to me, as, as I alluded to earlier, that if Trump came out and said, I can give everybody in America eternal life, they would find some way to spin that in a negative sense. It does seem to me, even though I, I feel he is his own worst enemy a great portion of the time, it does occur to me that many folks just simply don't want to give him credit for anything. And I do have to wonder if President Obama had sat down with Putin in a similar situation and had sat down with the leader of North Korea, how would the mainstream media had portrayed that? What do you think? 
Well, <laughs> they're his friends. But, uh, you know, talking about the, the Steele dossier, I always felt that the international people had a dossier on Obama before he was uh, elected. Uh, surely uh, he, he had such a um, interesting childhood uh, and, uh, in foreign parts that... Uh, there, you know, the different countries that he was in, especially Indonesia, they must know more about him than than we do here, and it was never reported here. Yeah, that is intriguing. Thanks for the call, Anne. I appreciate that perspective very much. I'm not one of those people who has this kind of thinking about Barack Obama. His meteoric rise from a senator to being president of the United States was interesting, to say the least. And had it not been for him coming along as this well-spoken, attractive, alternative candidate, I believe we would have had eight years of Hillary Clinton. So if anybody lost big on that deal, I think it was Hillary. But I appreciate your perspective, Zan. Thanks. Paul in Sacramento, you're on with Weekend Live, if I could say it. You're on with Bob on Weekend Live. It's getting late, man. What do you think? Oh, hey, thanks for taking my call, Bob. Well, yeah, I, I was interested about the history people were talking about, and history really does repeat itself, or at least it sort of echoes. You know, uh, back in the days of uh, Mussolini, you know, he was a fascist, and basically fascism is getting corporations together with government, you know, the way he got the trains to run on time. And today with Trump, I think we got a neo-fascist. And the thing with, uh, I just hate people keep on talking about not meddling, the Russians not meddling, in our uh, elections, uh, this is serious. This is psychological warfare. I mean, we have units in the army who use, you know, do psyops in Iraq, doing similar things. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Do you feel, Paul? Do you yes. feel as I do, and, and perhaps you don't, and this, you're free to disagree? I have a view that the word fascist, and I, I know you said neo-fascist about Trump, and I appreciate that, but I think that people are way too frequently referred to as fascists or Nazis uh, at times I when it's, agree with that. it's yes. not appropriate. And I think it has a it's tendency of right. diminishing the real meaning of those words, don't you? Yeah, everybody should get on Google right now. Go to Merriam-Webster and look up the word fascist. And usually slipped in there somewhere will be a corporation or business and government cooperation. A lot of people miss that part of fascism. They slow it, they throw it around. And, you know, they call communists fascists, and, and it's, it's a different thing. And I'm glad you're pointing that out. And, yeah, what we have today is, is kind of a new form of fascism, so I, I would call it neo-fascism. And what the Russians are doing is they're helping. They're, they're stirring up trouble. Uh, basically, that's what they're doing. You know, they stirred up trouble between, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders and Hillary as well. Uh, just generally, in, 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 just in general, trying to make a mess of our country. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to digress. I apologize for that. Let, let me digress here just for a minute, Paul. And I, I know when you're on the air, sometimes you can accidentally talk over each other. And if I did that to you, I'm sorry. Do you no think, uh, tortured segue, but I think it sort of connects up here. Before I let you go, do you think that if Bernie Sanders had gotten the nomination and won, had run rather against Donald Trump, that he would have won? Well, I don't know, but... Um you know, the Russians put together some rallies in Texas where they got pro-Muslims and anti-Muslims together. They did that through Facebook in order to cause more trouble here in the United States. But as far as Bernie Sanders and Hillary, uh, I mean, sorry, Bernie Sanders versus uh, Trump, 
Ooh, you know what? I think I think Bernie Sanders might have won. Thanks. I appreciate the call, Paul. I appreciate you weighing in. I have a tendency to agree with you, even though they were polar opposites in many respects. They had more in common, I think, than a lot of folks would care to admit. And they both were populists in their own way. They were just appealing to a different segment of the population. And my view, and I don't claim to be an expert on this, but my view is that had Bernie gotten the nomination, I think there's at least a reasonable chance that he could have won the Electoral College as well as the popular vote. And he might have been president, but we'll never know at this point. But one thing we are aware of is that many of the ideas that Bernie Sanders had been espousing for low those many years are starting to pick up some traction in mainstream politics, that mainstream rather politics, if I said that correctly, they're starting to pick up some traction here in mainstream politics. And so the movement he started, even though he may not be the one who's able to see it through the movement that he began is starting to see some fruition it's starting to grow however small it's starting to grow here in the united states 916-921-1530 is the local number 1-800-834-1530 is the toll-free number Uh, a little while ago i didn't get a chance to get to this but a little while ago i was mentioning that barack obama had spoken at the anniversary of nelson mandela's 100th birthday and something he said i thought was really intriguing and kind of dovetails in to everything we're talking about. And this is a quote from an article from the Independent USA, um, the Independent US, rather. Each day's news cycle is bringing more head-spinning and disturbing headlines, Mr. Obama said, in an apparent reference to Mr. Trump, who he did not mention by name during the speech. These days, we see much of the world threatening to return to a more dangerous, more brutal way of doing business, he added. He attacked strongman politics, saying that those in power seek to undermine every institution... That gives democracy meaning. I thought that was really an intriguing series of statements from him because as I look at this, I see attacks on free speech as definitely being an attack on an institution that gives democracy meaning. And I'm troubled that a lot of the folks that seem to be opposed to what they call fascism and Nazism are oftentimes the individuals who are launching the attacks on free speech. I'm sort of a free speech absolutist. I believe the best answer to a bad argument or a bigoted argument is more speech that makes a better point and wins the day, wins the argument in terms of persuading people. I am not one of these individuals who thinks that someone I disagree with or don't like should be shouted down. And I'm wondering if you feel the same way. 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. If you're on the phones on hold, stay with us. You're listening to Bob Giovanni filling in for Sam Shane on Weekday Live. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. I can hear, I can literally hear the tears streaming down people's faces as we get close to the end of this Saturday evening's broadcast of Weekend Live with Sam Shane. Bob Giovanni sitting in for Sam. Thanks again, Sam, wherever you are, as we get closer and closer to the top of the hour. Thank you to everyone who's been listening in and everyone who has called in. It's been a lot of fun. It always is. Hope to see you again soon. And we were talking before the break about 
President Trump's meeting with Vladimir Putin in Helsinki. Was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? Why are people totally freaking out over it? And I even mentioned some comments from a story entitled, Barack Obama says we're living in a strange and uncertain times and takes a dig at Trump during speech marking Nelson Mandela's 100th birthday. This is from the independent U.S. And I was uh, offering my perspectives on this quote from President Trump, ostensibly attributed to him, or in the article it says he attacked, he being President Obama, strongman tactics, or strongman politics rather, saying that, quote, those in power seek to undermine every institution that gives democracy meaning, close quote. And I was offering the viewpoint, well, what about free speech? It sure seems like a lot of people who would fashion themselves being on the progressive left are the ones who are often trying to shout down or exercise the heckler's veto on free speech. And I'm sort of a free speech absolutist, as I was mentioning, and that attempt to deter speech or to shut down speech, whatever you may think your intentions may be, however noble you may fashion them to be, I think the best answer to speech you disagree with is more speech. 916-921-1530. And let's go to Joan, who's been waiting patiently from Stockton. Thanks, Joan. We appreciate it. Or Joanne, I'm sorry. Joanne, forgive me. Hi, Bob. This is Joanne. Hi, Joanne. I am a Trumpster fan, and uh, I believe Trump is doing everything right so far. People just don't like what he's doing, no matter what, like you said earlier. And I have a lot of women friends, they do not talk politics, all they worry about what they're cooking and stuff like that, so that's why I listen to you all the time. And I like what he's done so far with um, Korea. No, no, he got that guy to, to kind of move forward, so I'm hoping that he's moving forward with the Russian. What did you Can think I, about that meeting with Vladimir Putin? Did you think it was a good first step to begin dialogue, or did you see it in the total negative as many individuals seem you know, to have seen I, it? I saw him going over there, making making an appointment to go over there. You got to be pretty brave to stick your neck out and go into a country that nobody likes. And I believe he's using his power like he did in Korea. Um, if he can work heads over with Kim Jong Un, I think um, with Putin, it just take a little more um, oil to handle that guy. Well, but thank he you. Can be really challenged, but you know you can't go there, hit that guy over the head with a sledgehammer and point fingers at him and get in his face. You don't do that. You you are a guest to his country, so just act proper and work him over. You know you get more out of honey. That's what I believe. Thanks, Joanne. I appreciate the call. Yeah, there's something to be said, even though they weren't actually in Russia, they were in Helsinki, but your point, I think, your overarching point is well taken, that let's not kid ourselves. I mean, Trump knows what he's dealing with in Putin, although some folks say, oh, Trump just doesn't get Putin. He's not aware of how serious a guy Putin is and how dangerous Putin is. I think he gets it, and I think Putin is just being Putin. I mean, I think part of this is theater. Part of it is drama. Part of it is is posturing and theatrics and a certain way you want to portray yourself on the global stage. And there are individuals who would suggest that Trump did it all wrong, that he, he made a jerk of himself and he made us look like puppets to the Russians. And I just don't see it. I, I would have to think, again, my viewpoint, as we could begin to close out the topic here on News Radio KFBK, my perspective on this is that Trump is not your conventional politician. Again, I'm not a giant fan of the guy and I make no apologies for it. I'm not a show or an, or an apologist for Trump, but I just didn't ever see. And I, I made the statement earlier, some giant earth shattering 
development coming out of that meeting. I thought it was a meeting. It was a beginning point, and that's really all I expected. But I do believe, whether you like Donald Trump as POTUS or you don't, I honestly think that there are individuals out there that no matter what this guy did, or no matter how it could potentially benefit this country, there would be some way to spin it negatively. And I'll close with this thought. I'm really concerned about the acrimony and combative nature of political discourse in the United States right now. That's just Bob Giovanni's opinion. But all the anger, all the combativeness, the caustic, abrasive exchanges of words and attributing the most nefarious and evil of motives to people, I'm telling you, I think it's bad for the country. And I think in the long run, it's going to be bad for all of us. This is Bob Giovanni sitting in on Weekday Live for Sam Shane on News Radio KFBK. Thanks for being a part of the show. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>